0: Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Too Smart for This. I am so excited about this one because I absolutely love our guest, Kira West from At By K West. She is not only an Instagram influencer, uh, but she also has a business shop by K West, and she still has her full-time job. So needless to say, she's one of the biggest inspirations for me personally, just because like that's an ideal life um, in terms of like business and everything. But also she is an incredible woman who's one of the only like black women in this fitness and wellness um, and travel space. And she's making the most of it by using her platform to, you know, be there and inspiration for other people and sort of show that wellness is not a one-size-fits-all. So this conversation, we touch on everything from her job, her relationship, all of it. So please take a listen and enjoy and have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay, so thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast.
1: I'm excited to be here and I feel like this is an exciting first time that we really get
0: to like catch up and chat. I know, right? I'm so excited about it. I'm like very much want to know, have so many questions because <laughs> you know, it's like a dream life. So I'm excited about it. It's a lot. So I guess to what I like to start off with, with Oh all gosh, the that's a scenario, hard-hitting, yeah. tough what first question.
1: The most... Question. Wow. So I think even as I'm reflecting on the question, um, and as we were saying prior to when we started recording, I have learned so much. I think probably the biggest theme that I've been reflecting on as I've been trying to like close up the year um, is that although things may not always work out how I planned, um, that doesn't mean that they can't still work out if that makes sense so i think i'm you know fairly type a i love knowing what's going on i have a plan a b c and d and i think this year has tested all of my backup plans and you know not just me i think everyone really so you know i've just been learning that again things may not work out as you thought they would or in the moment like they may be really rough um but it's important to kind of have the faith in the fact that they will you know end up working out or you know allow yourself to be open to the possibility of like you know new things you didn't think of um as well
0: totally I think that we I'm like I'm the same way very type a I have lots of um you know plans for everything that happens and then sometimes it's just like no that was never gonna happen for you today so it's a lot but I think it's good to know so in terms of like the areas of your life which are your full-time job your relationships your business and everything what like has been the biggest like life-changing thing for you like not necessarily what you've learned but like what's been a big pivot point for you this year I think
1: um, I'm only laughing because I'm like, gosh, trying to rack my brain to figure out what the biggest one is. I feel like 2020 has been chock full of them. And if you asked me last year, I probably been like, oh, there's this one thing, this one time that was like the major pivot. Um, but I think launching my own product based business was probably the biggest thing this year, um, just because you know I've always been entrepreneurial and I've had my full time job and some various side projects. But I think to really go full force and invest in building a product product and then doing all that comes with that, I think has probably been um, also a really big learning, but probably like the biggest pivot point this year.
0: For sure. And it's amazing, by the way, Um, for people who aren't familiar, do you want to talk about like your product and then we can maybe get into the journey of like deciding to launch a product and what it's been like to do so like in a pandemic?
1: Of course. So I launched Made by K-West. I feel like, gosh, I launched and relaunched as i met hurdles i didn't expect but made by k west is an impact driven jewelry brand really focused on you know creating change but also creating beautiful elegant functional pieces so I use precious metals um, and I have two collections currently so the earth collection which has the everything chain which has been the only thing I feel like I've been using and talking about over the past few months but it's a mask chain glasses chain necklace bracelet all the things and then the world collection is um, a collection of pieces that has a necklace bracelet earrings in um, a really cool flip ring that has the world on it. And I feel like, you know, both pieces for me are kind of rooted in travel and the world. Um, but each piece also gives back. So the Earth Collection, um, a portion of the proceeds go to tree people. And then for the World Collection, I'm giving back to Girls Going Global. And I think for me, success is always defined by impact. And so when creating a product i really wanted to find a way to give back um and i think yeah that's been probably the most exciting part about launching but I love the pieces. And I think, you know, it's funny because you see founders and people who own businesses like wearing their, their stuff and like, you know, really being about it. And I'm like, you know, these are the only pieces that I really wear every day and like truly love. And I think that it's like you pour yourself into these products so much. You like can't help, but like, you know, really, really love them. So
0: totally. I mean, like, how long did it take from start to finish to build like two jewelry collections?
1: I think that (laughs) I don't even know if I could say that I'm finished yet. I think, you know, things are up on the site, but there's so much that goes into the back end and you're constantly innovating, you know, managing supply, looking at demand. Also, you know, amongst the pandemic, anything physical is challenging to produce because regulations change, you know, day by day, state by state country by country. Um, And then getting things from place to place is just such a challenge. So I would say, you know, it's an idea that I've been marinating on for a while, just in terms of like, you know, what can I bring to market that's going to really be, um, you know, impactful, helpful, useful. And I think something in the tech space is like, You know, cool and exciting, but that just wasn't really where I felt I kind of fit. So I stumbled upon, you know, jewelry as a way to bring together all of the elements that I love um, with wellness, health, fitness, and travel. Um, Of course, the jewelry is water-resistant. You can work out in it, Um, and definitely um, as elegant as it is, it can withstand you know wear and tear and, and everyday wear. So. I think, you know, while the idea was marinating for a while, I really kicked things off in February, I was a part of like a small kind of like pilot program or incubator of sorts that really helped me kind of get the initial designs to launch and then I ended up backpedaling kind of going offline for a few months to really work on a website. You know the tax documents and all of that sort of stuff, and then kind of relaunching in full um, in August, and then you know iterating again and working on the everything chain, and then kind of like coming out full force uh, right as we were hitting up on the holidays and Black Friday, which was wild
0: <laughs> to say the least in terms of like launching on Black Friday. And I saw on Instagram when you, one day you were like, "I just realized how having a full time job, having this side hustle, Instagram, and having a side hustle business." Is a lot and I need to sort of take care of myself. So for you, what does that look like on a daily basis? And what are those moments where you're like, oh, I do need to sit down and take care of myself and balance out everything that I have going on? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, it's funny because I talk a lot about self-care on my platform, um, in my blog posts, and then, you know, also on Instagram, which is where I feel like we <laughs> interact most and where I'm, you know, most present day to day. But I feel like sometimes, you know, really sitting down to take the time to do it yourself is just so challenging. So I'm definitely not, you know, here to say that I'm a perfect self care, like professional, but you know, I'm trying and just trying to share the things along the way that are working for me. Um, so I say all that to say that I have been side hustling and working full time for quite a while in various ways. And so you know, a long time ago, I really thought about what my priorities are and what it was that I was willing to sacrifice versus what I was not. Um, and I think in COVID times, and in this year, I've had more time to reflect on the things that are important. And so there are some relationships like, you know, the one with my partner, for example, that's really important to me. And so that is not something that I'm willing to sacrifice. And when I start to see that I'm not being as present or I'm exhausted, you know, that's a trigger for me to be like, okay, you need to figure out what's on your plate. What can you move off? Or, you know, can you just sit down and kind of like take a break from it all? I think, you know, with that being said too, my relationship with my family is really important. And obviously in COVID times, you know, I'm not physically seeing them the same way, but like making time to still be present is important. Um, And I think too, you know, just really doing the internal work to have time for myself every day, even if it's not, you know, a grandiose, like a grandiose, you know, hours of me having like, you know, at home spa day, but if I have five minutes to sit down to clear my mind to, you know, listen to music I love, or make, you know, a dish that I really like, or a beverage, I think that is, you know, kind of a, a daily form of self care, like self maintenance, I guess, is maybe a better terminology, I think, in terms of my recent Instagram break, you know, for the first time, and probably like, Three years um I sorry for the first time in like three years I just took a break completely so you know I didn't post stories I didn't post on my feed and I just was like present in life and you know I think as someone who now runs an Instagram that's also a business it was challenging to step away um And, you know, to just wonder, like, is this going to hurt me in the long run? Like, how does this figure into the broader schedule? But, you know, I had a lot of life stuff going on. And I think I just needed my full mind to be able to focus on the tasks at hand. Um, As much as I love the gram and the community and and all of that stuff, I think, you know, there are some things that you kind of have to do offline still, at least in my humble opinion. So with all that being said, I think, you know, I just took a break, took a couple of days to really be present Um, and I didn't do anything particularly exciting. I wasn't, you know, anywhere particularly like off the map. I just was focused kind of on what what I needed to do. And um, I'm very thankful for the time. Um, and I think it's something that I'm going to try and do more often just in terms of like, you know, taking time to be present, whether that's a day, a weekend, you know, every so often to just, you know, recoup and come back even stronger.
0: I love that. I think it's important. Um, and it's it sort of always catches up with you, you know, you're like, oh, I just spent like this amount of time doing all this, like I need to take a break as opposed to like making time for it so that you don't have to have it catch up with you later. Um, Is a big thing. So, um, in terms of, I guess we could also just backtrack a little bit, and if you could give a little background of yourself, I know I probably should have asked this in the beginning, but I was just excited to to dive in. So, if you could give a little bit of a background of like why you started your account, what where you're from, sort of what you're focused on doing, um, in terms of blogging, but also in terms of your brand, and you mentioned impact was a big thing for you. So, I'd love to learn more about how you got started and started to scale your platform.
1: Of course. So I am Kira West. I feel like there will probably be some sort of intro um, in the beginning, but I am a Brooklyn-born, I was going to say like a Brooklyn-based, but I'm not even based in Brooklyn anymore, um, content creator, blogger, and writer. I really started more within the travel space and fitness and wellness kind of came a bit later. Um, I think for me, travel has always been really important just as a form of self-care, as a way to continue to expand my mind and just learn. I think I'm one of those types of people that's like really big on just, uh, you know, exposing myself to new things, putting myself in new situations and trying to expand who I am as a person that way. Um, So it kind of started with like, when I I was traveling within my college years, I did a lot of project based work because I wasn't actually able to study abroad. So I worked in Singapore briefly on a project and a lot of it was digital marketing and social based. Um, I was in Australia for a little while and then Cambodia too. And when I graduated, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I'm working full time. So I guess I won't travel anymore because, you know, I don't have the availability to do those sorts of projects. But it turned out that, you know, I love travel so much. And, you know, it was such an important part of my life that I did prioritize it. So I worked a pretty stressful job. Straight out of college, Um, you know, I worked some crazy work weeks, 60-hour work weeks, um, and this was at a time when everything was physical, so there was no working from home, Um, and you know, I was tethered to my work phone and in a really unhealthy way. But I found time, whether it was like one day, two days, or you know, sometimes just four, to to go on trips. So I remember going to Thailand for a long weekend, and everyone thought I was like absolutely insane, but it was like this is the only time I can get off, and like this is what brings me joy. So like. You know, I'm gonna do it, and um, so with all that being said, I think you know I started sharing my travel on Instagram, and people had a lot of the same questions, which was like, "How are you finding flight deals? Where are you going?" And so I selfishly got tired of answering the same questions in like a bunch of different formats. So I started to contribute to a blog um, that my friend had been running with a couple of other writers, you know, mostly focused on the travel section. And then I also, you know, at the same time was, was doing a lot of digital marketing projects and doing some consulting had um, kind of hit a lull and was like, you know, I want to keep my skills sharp, but don't have a client at the moment. So I'm going to really put the energy on testing and learning and researching on my own social. I will say, you know, at the time, this was maybe 2016. Instagram and social was like a completely different place I think you know folks were just getting into monetizing it it was way more simple. Um, You know the algorithms weren't this big looming complex thing. Um, And when I started on Instagram, like, you know, everyone still saw their feed in like a time order. So days. <laughs> right. Um, so I think, you know, all of that being said, you know, it just kind of naturally started to happen where like it was friends and family, and then it was like, you know, a couple more people. I made my Instagram account public um and started being more consistent, testing and learning and, and all of those sorts of things. And I never intended to, you know, monetize it or make it a business in any way. And I think it's so funny because a lot of content creators that started around the same time as I did also feel the same way. Um, but with that being said, um you know, it kind of just turned into that over the years. And then, you know, as I started transitioning jobs and like, you know, what will happen, I guess, a few years out of college is you start to realize, wait, you know, like I'm in control of my life, and there's you know so much that I want to do and focus on that I ended up you know, changing jobs and just being a lot more mindful of where I was spending my time, and fitness became a huge, piece of that for me. So I went through a rough breakup and and fitness really kind of got me through as what I was focusing my energy on and and how I was looking inward, if that makes any sense. Um, And so, yeah, I started getting more questions on that. And then, you know, I came to a point about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, where I was like, crap, I love I love the travel piece. I love the fitness piece. I was, you know, running, I was doing Spartan races and it was a huge part of, you know, who I was networking and chatting with and and who I was, um, that I was almost like conflicted for a while on which direction to go. And then realized in a conversation with a good friend of mine that like the beauty of creating it is that I don't have to choose. And wellness seems like, you know, the best word to describe what, both fitness and travel do for me. So really long story to kind of illustrate that, you know, I started as Carmen San Diego back in the day, you know, traveling around and, and sharing that content and my platform has evolved as I have. And I think now wellness is probably the word that I, you know, like, it's the only word I could really think of, um, that would describe kind of what I'm chatting about. Um, even if the topics are a bit varied, that's what it all boils down to.
0: Totally. Cause it's for you, you know, like you mentioned this, like realization after a few years after college that you're in control of your life. And you also mentioned earlier in the episode that you were, had to really focus on prioritization. So, I would love if you could go more in depth with that and like what was were those moments where you were like oh I am in control of my future um and this is all my life that I have to plan for because I think for me I'm going through that sort of right now where I'm like oh I have to plan everything and like I'm in control of everything and no one's going to tell me what to do from here on out so what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, I think that going back to me in college, again, being like that type A person, I thought career was linear, and I'm not really sure where I got that notion from. I think part of it is generational. So like my parents and and our parents, you know, the way that they worked through jobs was just different, and the way that they approached careers and kind of flexed through that was really different. So I was used to seeing people just like kind of naturally progress at the same company um, and I think working your way up um, was, was just different back in the day. So I, you know, kind of thought, okay, well, I'll graduate. And as long as I get a job, like, boom, I'll kind of rise from there. And that's it. And I graduated from Cornell. I had an independent major, but a love for hospitality, so I worked for a hotel group um, at a hotel because I was determined to get uh, operational experience, and, you know, long story short, I was a couple years in, and I had definitely gotten the experience and, you know, fallen into a job that I was good at, but didn't necessarily love, and um, And was at the point where I was just not happy. I was very stressed out. I wasn't sleeping, Um, you know, because I I was just at work literally from like 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. and then back again the next day. And I think, um, you know, it's funny. An an ex-boyfriend of mine actually made the comment, well, like, if you don't like it, why don't you leave? And I think at the time I obviously like had some smart remark to to turn back at him, but really did start to reflect on that, and there came a point where I was like, you know, I am really unhappy. I had a shift in managers that just really perpetu—like it, it just really made clear for me that you know I needed to take control, and that you know no one else would be there to take control for me. Um, and I think it it really quickened the pace of my looking for other opportunities, and it's so scary because you're like, you know, trying to do your job full time, and then like, look for a new job. And the whole process is just kind of wild. But I think for me, I'm like, wait, like I am in control. And it's not just at work. It's like, in my personal life, if people are not treating me well, and like, you know, relationships aren't bringing me joy with friends with family with, you know, someone that you're romantically involved with, like you are the person that can say this is no longer serving me. And you're the one that can exit. And I don't know why I have forgotten that I think along the way of like, enjoying being new to adulthood and like, you know, finally having a job that paid me more than minimum wage. Um, I think, you know, I kind of got caught up in that. But I, you know, I think looking at fitness, and just being able to challenge my body and mind, I realized just how strong and resilient I was as a person. So I think, you know, I started digging deep on well what do I want to learn next? You know, what am I good at? What do I like? Um, and I am the type of person that I get like very crazy intense about job interviews. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to commit um, and I'm going to really do it. And I, I did. And I was able to get a position at another company, um, you know, where I work now that allowed me just to have a completely different viewpoint on work-life balance. So I went from working <laughs> like five or six, sometimes seven days a week um, to working five days a week, roughly nine to five with like just a completely different culture. And I think um, for me, that was quite a big turning point because I then had more mental energy to spend with friends and family. Um, And now I would say I'm I'm definitely as busy as I maybe was all those years ago. But, you know, my time is mine and I'm doing things that I love and it, it can still be stressful some days. But I think at the end of it all, Um, you know I'm the one that's kind of in control of it Um, and I'm again doing things that really really bring me joy on a baseline level so I would say that's kind of how that that happened.
0: Okay that is amazing I think it's such a big deal for women to make to start making those decisions and like you mentioned having like such a difficult job and like making that transition and how fitness really helped you recognize your resilience. And I think that's like a beautiful story, honestly. And it inspires me to think about, you know, how to move forward with everything. So in terms of your like experience as like with running multiple different parts of your life, with running multiple different businesses, how do you stay organized on like a daily, weekly, monthly basis with managing lots of things at once? I know it's a lot of joy for you, which is amazing, but on a daily basis like what does that sort of look like for you
1: yeah I think it's funny because it isn't all joy like you know the admin work is not fun and it's like not a a joyous part of entrepreneurship and I have so many email inboxes to manage and like I'm so thankful but it is still work and I think you know I don't want people to be disillusioned about that at all um just because you love it doesn't make it you know not challenging but I think (laughs) when it comes to running my life it's funny because I think a lot of my fitness experience kind of informs how I approach it so I wasn't a runner growing up but like literally running was something that I had kind of picked up and started to learn in college and then um, was something that I delved more deeply into as I was getting more into my fitness journey and I think a lot of what it taught me still helps me kind of organize today so I um ran my first half marathon in 2016. And then I, in a very short (laughs) way of explaining it, like, you know, ended up qualifying for the New York City Marathon, I think about two years later. Um, And I think that marathon journey and like my journey as I was preparing for all these races really taught me a lot about, you know, managing my time, discipline, prioritization. And those are still things that I kind of reflect back on when I organize now. Um, I will say that I'm not perfect. At um, you know organizing on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, I have you know running to do lists that I try to separate out into the different buckets of my life so that I can at least at least keep track better. But I think it's something that I'm still working on. I'm a huge like handwritten person, um, and it's not always efficient for like looking back. But I cannot give it up, um, and so you know I have been you know looking at different strategies around planners and just again how i organize my space to be conducive to you know me being thoughtful in those different areas but i think in terms of organizations i try organization I try my best to focus on one thing at a time so I try not to work on all three pieces of my life at once so when I'm at work for my full-time job like I am at work for my full-time job if I'm going to take a break for lunch and I'm going to spend that hour working on you know my jewelry business then like that's an hour that I'm going to spend dedicated to that and I really try and bucket at the time I think pre-covid I did a lot of that physically. So like I would go to different spaces and then it would kind of trigger my brain to be like, okay, this is what we need to focus on in this space, um, which was really helpful. And I think, you know, I don't have the traditional weekend either. So that is a lot of when I do like prep work and I try and like, you know, outline what my goals are and like what I'm going to get done. Um, And so I think that's kind of a lot of what I do. I also, you know, really try and prioritize and like, you know, literally figure out what are the most important, most time sensitive, most crucial things I need to do and kind of attack those first, even if they are the things that I'm like, you know, least excited about or the things that will take me the longest. I think, you know, if they're important and they need to get done, I try and just like move forth and do it. Uh, But with all of that being said, I've really learned that asking for help is super important, especially if you're balancing multiple things. So whether that be at home or, you know, whether that be literally, you know having someone to assist you with certain things i think that's been crucial for me and i think in the beginning i was very much so like you know i don't want to spend money on you know getting assistance with xyz thing whether it be laundry or you know literally an assistant to help me with graphic design or something like that but then it's like the hours that i spend trying to do that task could that time be better spent elsewhere and like you know is it a cost that like i can manage my finances around. Um, And so I've really looked at kind of like the value of my time and what my expertise is as well. Um, And I've become a lot more comfortable with getting help. I think as an entrepreneur, especially starting your own business (laughs) during a year like this one, you are acutely aware of how little you know. Um, And that's not to say, again, that you haven't done your research and that you're not smart inherently and all of that stuff. But um, you know, I recognize that I have so much to learn. So I think, you know, that also helps me be a sponge. Um, and it, it allows me to take in information from others that are that are more experts in whatever the topic at hand is. Um and I think sometimes it's easy to think, you know, you kind of know it all or or you've got this, but I think there's just always so much that you can
0: totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a those are two big pieces of advice. Like the prioritization thing, I think is important to touch on especially because like you can have a super long to-do list and we all do every single day but if you don't actually think about which ones are most important to you uh, then it's not really going to get done effectively and in that same vein like with your deciding to ask people for help for the things that you don't necessarily know how to do or love to do or come naturally to you it seems like you could just like not non-entrepreneurial sometimes or you feel like you're not doing it all but in reality it's so much smarter and even in like this Instagram, which I have a minuscule audience compared to you, but ever since I've grown, like I've learned like a brand new thing every single day where I'm like, oh my God, like I had no idea that things were like this. So I'm sure it's even wilder on a scale of starting a product-based business. So super crazy. But that all said, um, I'd also love to dive into like, just be out of pure personal curiosity, What is your morning and like nighttime routines look like?
1: It's super funny that you should ask because I'm not huge on New Year's resolutions just because I think that they create a lot of pressure that's unnecessary, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, however, one of the things that I've been mindful about trying to um, just revamp in my life is my morning and evening routine, um, especially as I shift into like a bigger space um, with my partner and like really, you know, building out what our home looks like. So currently, (laughs) um, I'm in a running challenge this month, which has been really nice because it's been great to have accountability and support from some really good friends of mine. Um, And so my mornings have started off with a run, which is nice. I think it really gets me out of bed and keeps me accountable. Um, I've been trying to shift back to morning workouts and I've had varying degrees of success for the past few months, but it just is like much better for my schedule and for my mental clarity, which is a lot of why I work out in general. I know um, you're a big walker, which I love. Um, So I will say the one consistent thing that I do um, is I do walk our dog in the morning. So I usually will always take the morning walk um, just because it's helpful for me to get outside, literally to like take a look up and be like, okay, I'm very thankful to be here. Like I'm looking up at the sky, like, you know, I'm here and present. And for whatever reason to me, that's a powerful moment. Um, And so now I'm doing that indoor running, sometimes jumping rope, but some sort of workout. Um, I didn't realize how crucial my coffee was to my morning until like recently Um, And when we're, you know, I was traveling last week and it's like, uh, you know, like I I don't need a lot of things, but like I do love my morning coffee and it's less about the caffeine, but more just about like the routine of like enjoying something that like brings me joy that like, you know, gets me ready and tapped in. So I think what I want to do in the new year and in in my new space is really focus on like, okay, what are the things that I love to do in the morning and how can I enjoy those even more Um, versus looking at like, you know, someone's eighteenth step morning routine that just isn't necessarily what feels good for me um and just developing more kind of like what that looks like, yeah, yeah. um
0: compare ourselves to these like, <laughs>
1: were, like yeah. the and I think you know everyone's self care is different, and like that's okay, and so like what might work for you like may not be what feels good for me, and so you know I think even at my stage of life where I'm like okay, you know, I, I do my best to kind of focus on on me and, and my life versus comparing. I think sometimes you're like, you know, damn, that person wakes up at 6.30. I'm like, I wish I could do that. But it's also just like, you know, you don't know what else that person is doing or what time they went to bed or, you know, just anything else that's going on in their life. So I think I'm trying to think more about the things I'm doing now and like how I can expound them to give me even more of a positive start versus trying to like shift and change it and make it something, you know, extra crazy um in terms of just like you know shifting it from what it already is
0: that's so true i love that i love that
1: (laughs) yeah and then the evenings change i think i've been cooking a lot since quarantine and since um moving in with my boyfriend just because it kind of brings me joy and I think I enjoy experimenting and like um he's so great and so kind um and sometimes I'm like does this even taste good but he's like so excited about it that it makes me want to like do it even more um and I think it's fun to like cook when it's not just you because like, I don't eat all that much in one meal. And so sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to cut all these things, I'm going to prepare all this stuff, and then it's like, I'm going to have leftovers for three days. So it's kind of nice that you have someone else to make a dent in it. So I think I want to, you know, continue to challenge myself in the kitchen. Um, And then it's super funny, but actually, um, you and Cameron have been uh chatting about the beam like evening beverage and I can't remember what it's called like, off the top of the my head And like, <laughs> <or that thing? laughs> yes, yeah so I've had it for a while and I've been sitting on it for whatever reason I think it's just like you know my boyfriend and I are big tea people but I've been really trying to like Um, you know, figure out how I can better wind down at night, because sometimes I do really struggle with like actually falling asleep. Um, And so I have been making that for the past couple of nights, or like just doing a tea or um, some sort of magnesium beverage. And I know for some that can be challenging and and even potentially triggering but i think for me um it was more about like really meeting the the calm before slumber so i think you know trying to find a few minutes to wind down and, and journal and just like dump the thoughts in my brain at the end of the day or what i want to work toward um but i also think that the beautiful thing about the evenings is that that's incredible time for my partner and i to bond so you know i've been really trying to prioritize putting away work at a certain time, or even just for a little bit of time so that we can, you know, connect. I think in COVID, even if you're living with your partner, um, a lot of times to survive, you work in separate spaces, you're like very honed in on your work during the day. So you may be physically in the same place, but not necessarily like tapped into what's going on with the other person. So I think, you know, I want to challenge myself to continue to be present and, you know, to grow within my relationship there as well so I think
0: that's a lot of what I'm
1: looking for from my evening routine. but
0: yeah oh, it's so important it's like I would when Jeff visited me for like three weeks and both of us would be working until like six or seven and then we'd like watch a movie or something I was like we need to like take some moments to like really connect with one another because otherwise like what's the point of this you know
1: yeah, I think it's funny, because I feel like now there's like so much exciting stuff to watch on TV. They're like, okay, we'll just like watch this and bond. Um, But I feel like, you know, I definitely feel like my relationship with my partner is one of the most important things, Um, you know, for me to not sacrifice, although I'm super busy. So, um, you know, I am very conscious of like wanting to just make that time, even if we just like are chatting, or like if we're cooking together, or whatever it is, like some sort of present time together. And I think also being open to the fact that, like, you know, even if I have a morning or evening routine, like, it's okay if things change, or like, if I miss it a couple days, and like, I want to encourage myself to be more open to, like, you know, newness and flexibility. Because I think sometimes, especially as type A folks who are doing a lot of things it you know, you can get better, like, your routine can turn into something a little bit more obsessive and challenging. And so I'm trying to, like, allow myself to be flexible too. So
0: important, yeah. Like giving ourselves grace is important, um, especially like knowing the difference between discipline or, or you know, building something or consistency and like just crazy circumstances that clearly this year has shown us we have a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, a, a, another question that I'd like to ask everyone is, what is one societal norm that you don't like and that frustrates you and that you've sort of had to break out of and what is one that you actually really enjoy and sort of like want to like that you've brought into your life and works for you
1: um wow okay you're asking all these heavy-hitting questions i'm like i don't even know where to begin i think in terms of societal norms that i like you know it's really funny because as you know when I watched shows as a kid I was always like the woman is cooking and the man is cleaning like you know what if he wants to cook and she wants to clean and you know now I'm in a relationship where I hate doing the dishes like I've always hated it um and so (laughs) I cook uh because I love it and because you know it's something that I spent a little bit more time honing my skills on um and my boyfriend is incredible at helping with the dishes and so I think that's not necessarily like a societal norm in an overarching sense but I think it's also okay to like you know, not be afraid of fitting into some of the stereotypes If we've seen, if they truly work for you. I think sometimes, you know, I'm so quick to repel the, the, the status quo and the norm that I'm like, you know, forcing myself into something that doesn't make sense. If I tried to do the dishes every day and my boyfriend tried to cook, like it would be complete mayhem. Um, I literally am like the worst. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, that's probably one. And in terms of like, Things that I don't love, I think, you know, a lot of it is the societal norms around, you know, racism and and what Black people and Black women should or shouldn't do that kind of bug me and and, uh, grind my gears, for lack of a better phrase. And I think, you know, it's important to me to continue to challenge that status quo um, and to remind people that, one, um, Black people and people of color are not a monolith, so everyone is still human, has their own things that they like, um, and that, you know, we don't all subscribe to, like, one way of living um but that too you know black people belong in these spaces the health space the wellness space the tech space the travel space um you know some of the spaces that i touch but i think you know continuing to Mm -hmm. break those stereotypes you know crush what those old norms are um and showcase just different sides of of who i am um
0: totally i mean it's so it's so true that I feel like the societal norms of like what black people can be or can't be both in the larger, wider world and within like our own community can be so frustrating. And so it is really important to have that moment where you explain to people like we are not a monolith, you know, and since that's so important to you, could you talk a little bit about like the activism like program that you co-founded and ran this year after the like second what some white people call the great racial awakening of this summer
1: <laughs> that's funny, um the great racial awakening, I think it's funny because what I didn't necessarily talk about on my platform was you know this year has been transformative for me in just the sense that like I am showing up now as my full self whether people like it or not, you know, this is who I am. So I think for so long, I was like, okay, I'm walking into the room. And if I don't say I'm black, like people aren't going to notice. And like, you can literally see by looking at me, I'm a black woman. And so I think, you know, instead of trying to be smaller or to hide that or being so worried about what other people think, um, during this great racial awakening, you know, I took the time on my platform in my full-time role and then just in my life to be very present and to be very open and honest about who I am and and what these Discussions mean to me not necessarily even for myself, but number one because I think as a creator with an audience, even if it was just one person, it was you know my duty to kind of speak up, um, especially on my own lived experience. And then I think two, you know, if one day I have children, I want to create a better world for them, or at least to be you know have been invested in trying. So I think those are kind of my whys in terms of that, but. For me, it was really important to just show up um, as my authentic self and to not cancel people maybe for for not necessarily knowing what to say or how to react, but um, to also allow people to be uncomfortable and to learn and grow from that. So I think, you know, with all of that, it was definitely challenging even for me to process all of a sudden, you know, people who didn't have a sense of urgency around diversity, equity and inclusion were now you know driven to make change very, very quickly. Or, you know, there was a the whole moment around black squares where people all of a sudden were sharing that they were allies, but didn't realize that they were opening themselves up to being held accountable, um, you know, in the months to come. So I think with activism, movement was a, a way that I processed a lot of that. So, you know, I was running, I was walking, like, you know, moving helped me to work through even my feelings. And I think, you know, as a black person going through this, as a, a person of color, like we also have feelings, you know, just because our stories were finally being heard doesn't mean that it wasn't extremely challenging to continue to watch the the normalization of sorts of, of the death of, of black men and women. So um, I think with all of that being said, you know, I wanted to do something to tackle the basics and I had an amazing conversation with my co-founder Taylor and you know we just had a discussion about how overwhelming a lot of the anti-racism resources were and how much of a gap was kind of created by handing people a book (laughs) to read and then you know not following up on you know what they were learning and and the discussion all of that stuff for leaving it up to people to have these conversations on their own without a safe space to have deeper discussion. And if it's not your lived experience or you don't, you know, have access to somebody who can speak to their lived experience, I think it can be challenging to have some of these productive conversations. So. We created a program, and there's so much more to come, but it was called Activism Back to Basics, and we essentially um, paired, you know, the basics of anti-racism in very bite-sized pieces um, with movement as well, so people were able to kind of learn more about targeted topics. We had experts come in and chat with folks as well. And then we had some closed group discussions. So people were feeling like they could be open, vulnerable, honest, and and all of that. Um, And then there was the movement component as well. Um, So we went back to basics in both senses. And it it was really great. I mean, I learned a lot putting together the program from all of our experts and speakers and then also you know i'm always learning from from taylor as my friend my co-founder and just an overall awesome human um and so i think that's a, a little bit more on activism but i think it's now something that is you know a continued piece of my life so it wasn't something that i didn't realize or think about before i just didn't always speak about it in such a public way and i think you know now that I'm open and honest, like that's just a part of of what people are going to get from me, and it's it's not in a an aggressive way, but it's just like you know these are things that are important, and there is no turning it off, there is no moving on, like this is this is a life, and and. Th- this is what, you know, Black people are dealing with on a daily. This is what people of color are dealing with. And so if you're not among those groups, then, you know, you need to take it upon yourself to continue to learn. And if you are, you know, you need to feel kind of supported. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, that that's a lot of where activism came from and why it's a part of, you know, what my life will be moving forward.
0: Totally. I think that's such a big step that a lot of us have taken this year of like, um, not really showing up as our for our full selves and then when we got the opportunity to i think you did a great job in sort of taking that opportunity to not only feel more confident within yourself but also stand up for both this community and for um for for these for these people who really just are trying to learn and so making space for that and also like being a voice is really commendable because it's a it's a lot of mental energy obviously so I'm very grateful for, for that you took the, the action there. Of course.
1: Yeah, I think we're a part of this cancel culture moment, which I don't love, only because I think it, it doesn't allow people the opportunity to really learn and grow um, in a realistic way sometimes. And I think the goal overall is that, you know, we shift and change the systems and policies and, you know, the literal core of a lot of the way that we do things to make them more Focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion um and I think yeah it's it's a beautiful time for us to to all just reflect on the part that we play in that, and I think I realized how crucial a role I had as somebody who did have the bandwidth to speak up and who did who was open to sharing my experience, and so i'm I'm grateful that. That has been heard, and and you know that there was this sense of urgency that I, I truly hope will persist, and that you know I'm dedicated to um, continuing to further along.
0: Amazing, I'm, amazing. I'm looking forward to continuing to learn from you as well. Um, but I, we before we wrap up, I have like one last question, and then a little round of rapid fire questions for you. So, in the same vein of doing a lot of learning this year. What's been one resource of this past year that's helped you grow exponentially, whether it be in the race discussion or in your own personal self-care or career lifestyle?
1: I would say, you know, as much as I sometimes get frustrated by it, Instagram has been an incredible resource. I think for one, I will put out the disclaimer that you need to know what you're like, you need to trust the source and you still need to do your research. But I think it's been incredible. It's been an incredible way of connecting with people um, and learning more about their stories and their perspectives. And I think there are so many educators that are on the platform too. I mean, Blair Mani, Smarter in Seconds, like I love those. Um, I think, you know, people are creating bite-sized content in such an incredible, creative, awesome way Um, that that's been such a great resource. Um, I think podcasts too, you know, being able to listen to some of these tough conversations um, has been incredible. And I think, you know, I'm honored to have been a guest on a a handful of podcasts as well. And, you know, to be able to share my story in the hopes of inspiring someone um, or even just giving them a little something to chew on. Um so those are the the resources. Love it. Yes,
0: like I'm with you on that. There's been there's good and bad and everything, but it's been a wild year for all of us and Instagram has certainly been positive for me as well. So that's great to know. So um for our rapid fire questions, I have a few of them for you and are you ready to get started?
1: I'm
0: ready. <laughs> okay, so appetizers or desserts? Appetizers. We are we are connected on that one. Um, Instagram or TikTok.
1: Instagram. <laughs> Although I will say, <laughs> once I get started on TikTok scrolling, it's like I do sometimes go into like a little bit of a rabbit hole, um, and it, it can sometimes bring me joy.
0: <laughs> I just don't fully yeah, get it. It's, it's crazy. Like their algorithm is wild because I will be on there for hours. But uh, okay, favorite TV show of all time. Ooh, that's hard.
1: Let me think on this for 0. 0.5 seconds. TV show. I'm trying to think. Law and Order SVU. It's a little aggressive and intense, but I just love that you get so much in an hour. So
0: <laughs> aggressive. I, like, was when I would get my hair done when I was little, my aunt would always make me watch that with her. And it scarred me because I was, like, a five-year-old watching about this deep murders while She was braiding my hair. So, it was a disaster. so I can't watch it, but I know that I would love it if I wasn't scarred.
1: Yeah, it's intense. And sometimes I'm like, it's so disturbing that I'm like watching this. But at the same time, I think I like that it like starts and ends in an hour. And there's like, you know, some character development, but a lot of times you like get it wrapped up in that 60 minutes. Um, and it's like a different story every time. Yeah,
0: that's, I love those, the new story every time. Gotta stay stimulated. Okay, favorite podcast. Okay, this is tough.
1: I will say I'm probably partial, but I really love Queen Cats with Allie, and I love um the Freckles Foodie and Friends podcast by Cameron. I think I'm honored to have been a guest on both, but truly like
0: love them as humans and like enjoy the conversations um and like the topics that they cover. Same. They're they both have come on the podcast, and I'm like obsessed with both of them. They're amazing.
1: Ah, I also love how I built this, and that's like an OG favorite that I've been listening to for years. Yeah,
0: cause I've been love. I love Guy I want to get the book. It looks so good. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So next is most important self care practice.
1: Coffee in the mornings, but now water first. <laughs> water first,
0: gotta have it. Okay. So the last question is: Finish this sentence with something that you want young people to know. You're too smart for. I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) Falling prey to other people's opinions of who you should be.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been amazing. And I am so grateful to know you and to have been able to share a little bit more of your wisdom with everyone here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at too smart for this Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.